talk first? You talk first, I talk first? Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Quarter Portion Podcast, the only Star Wars podcast that thought we were in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine. <laughs> I am Chris DeHoog and I am joined again by my co-pilot Patrick Fletcher. How are you, buddy? Great, great solo trailer. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Before we get to that, though, uh, we have a guest here today again, Brandon, my brother, Boba Fletch. How are you, man? Hey, guys. What's going on? Good to be here again. Uh, really looking forward to dissecting this one. I've got that baseline in my head now. We just we just watched the two trailers and yeah, that's nice. It's great. It's very memorable. Our plan was to talk about the Han Solo trailers. Now we've also got some breaking news that we'll get to later. But yeah, we finally had our first look at Han Solo, or sorry, Solo, a Star Wars story. Via some big game trailers, not Super Bowl trailers. Apparently, that's copyrighted. But this movie is not too far away, and yeah, it's nice to finally get our first look at it. It's going to be interesting. I, I, Brendan and I talked about this last night, and we did a little recording as well that we'll put up. And we, I think we were both on the same page that when we first saw the, we liked both trailers. Like, we liked them both. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they were awesome. I thought they each of them had a very different feel. But before these trailers came out, it's not that I didn't, you know, care about this movie. I was obviously going to go see it. Yeah. But... After seeing the trailers, I'm a lot more intrigued by this movie. It looks, it looks a lot better than I was expecting. Yeah, it's kind of got like a. You're saying it has kind of like a Rogue One vibe. Looks darker in yeah. terms of uh, just overall feel. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's funny you say that, Patrick, because I think it kind of illustrates the point, especially for modern movies, that you need that trailer to get people excited and on board with what's coming. You can tell people all you want about the movie that's coming and put up little tidbits on Twitter and Facebook but until people actually see footage of the movie they're not really going to be on board with what you're trying to sell so it's a little late in coming but I'm really happy with what we got especially dealing with the snobbish characters like this movie does with with Han and Lando like it's going to be pretty critical that you know they show them in the right light because if those if, if these first glimpses of them weren't on point the whole movie would be affected. It's already, let's face it, it's already got a bit of a disadvantage given this small runtime or the small lead-in that it's getting. Um, the marketing campaign is beginning, what, uh, like 100 days before the movie comes out, which is crazy these days. Mm-hmm. Especially for a Star Wars movie. Usually you start getting teasers a year before the movie even comes out. Yeah. And again, what you said, that illustrates my point. First impressions <clears throat> are everything. If, if the trailer had come out and a lot of people had gone, yeah, yeah might go see it. I think Disney would really be kind of pulling up their collars a little bit. I think they still are. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but I think uh, the speculation about Disney expecting the movie to fail and bomb, uh, probably a little overblown. No, I don't think they're expecting it to bomb, but there has been a lot of... I mean, no matter who goes to see a Star Wars movie, it's the hardcore fans are the ones that really make them their money. And there, there's a lot of reasons to... There's been a lot of reasons to doubt this film, like for the problems they had in production. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, even more so than Rogue One, I think. Rogue One, they hit it out of the park. So whatever they did there to fix it worked, and hopefully they've done the same thing with this one. Well, and I think that's an example of sort of the optimism you can have towards a movie like this. I'm not jumping right on board the whole hype train and saying this is going to be the greatest Star Wars thing that's ever come out. I think we've learned recently that we can't do that. I, everybody's learned that <laughs> lesson. From whatever franchise or movie that you love, something's come along probably in the last 10, 15 years to curtail your enthusiasm a little bit. Unfortunately, um, we sort of live in an era of remakes and 
redos and let's see if we can make something from you know 25 30 years ago even better in some cases especially star wars's case that's a tall order when it comes to han solo you're dealing with one of the big three so this is like doing a luke skywalker or a Leia Organa movie you better get this right let's uh let's jump right into getting into the nitty-gritty of the thing so we got we finally got our first look first real look at Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. Pat, do you, are you buying him as Han Solo? Totally. Yeah, yeah the, the, I bought him in the teaser. Um, and even, he, he only got a couple, I, that first line that he has in the teaser, I can't remember what it was, but whatever he says, it, it, I thought it was, it sounded like they tried to create Harrison Ford's voice. I thought it was perfect. And then, when you see him kind of behind that, looks like he's behind Venetian blinds. does. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that little that shot of him the way that they the, and I think they picked both of those the, the line and that first image for a reason because that was probably one of the best pieces of dialogue he gave as far as the way sounding like Harrison Ford and yeah. it was probably one of the best shots as far as lighting an angle where he looked like Harrison Ford and I think they purposely put both those in that first teaser so you could get that out mm-hmm. and I was impressed by that but then you see him in the second trailer and obviously he's it's not Harrison Ford, and you can tell that right away. But it's close. And, I mean, it's not just... I don't think they just got an actor that could kind of look like him. But they got somebody that, you know, I think I think he can pull it off. They even mm-hmm. gave him the little scar under his bottom lip. I don't know if anybody noticed that. He's got that Harrison Ford scar. I didn't scar. mention it. It's there. We were discussing this last night, Pat, and you actually brought up a lot of really good examples. We could probably do a whole episode on it, but... Um, this is another example of an actor sort of taking up the mantle of a role that was previously portrayed by a famous actor. Aaron Reich's not the first person to do this, but, I mean, come on, it's Harrison Ford. It's Han Solo. We were all looking for those Han Solo-esque mannerisms right off the bat when we saw this trailer. Uh, for the most part, I saw a lot of Han Solo in that very brief snippet we got. I don't think that he's going to do, and I said this last night, I don't think he's trying to do a Harrison Ford impression. I don't want him to. Because I think that would no. do disservice to both the character and Han Solo. I think in certain or, sorry, Harrison spots, it, that's, it, it'll be needed to, to, to try to sure. mimic him a little bit in certain spots. But yeah, I know I was thinking mean. about this after we finished recording last night. I think a really good example of an actor trying to mimic someone without really overtly copying them is uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Walk the Line. But he wasn't trying to just do an impression of Johnny Cash. He was trying to make it his own character, and I think it came off very successfully. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't look at, at him and say, oh, that's that's Harrison Ford. Like, it's not the same, uh, like, or they don't look the same, or so, they don't look as similar as, say, Sebastian Stan and Mark Hamill. Like you can yeah, which is side uncanny. Side. Yeah, yeah, that's creepy. It's too bad, actually. <laughs> well, it's Disney. But that being said, I'm, I'm also seeing Han Solo's mannerisms in him, like in the line, the line that I used in the opening. Mm-hmm. But we're fine. We're fine now. Like that's that's pure pure Han Solo right there. I yeah, think that that, was... like that's probably the closest we get to an, uh, to a to a Harrison Ford impression in the trailer. I'd say. Yeah. I think that might also be a little meta nod to the whole troubled production where it was like oh yeah yeah, yeah that's a good point. That's everything's a good point. fine now we're fine. fine it's kind of like that opening line in the in the force awakens this will begin Just, to make things right exactly yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny every uh, new movie seems to have that line dropped in somewhere where it's just a little nod to the fans being like it's okay don't worry we got this. We, we, we understand we yeah. understand 
What do you, Brennan? You said something before about thinking that the the kind of the big squid monster toward the end of the <clears throat> second trailer would, could possibly be the Kessel Run. Or what? Yeah, as far as and I actually I literally thought of it right from the first shot in the teaser trailer. That shot of the Star Destroyer sitting at what looks like the entrance to a tunnel of some kind. As soon as I saw it and I saw the TIE Fighters coming in, I'm like, Castle Run. I'm just, for some reason, I'm just absolutely sure of it. It's kind of a part of Han Solo's mythos that I don't think can go unexplored in a movie like this. It would be like, well, how did Han meet Chewie? Like, his first boast is about making the Castle Run in less than 12 parsecs. Ray gets wrong. Which is actually a unit of distance. (laughs) It is. But, you know what? I've heard some really good in-universe legends explanations yeah how Han made that run and from what i'm seeing in the trailer i think a lot of those let's call them legends elements can be very easily incorporated um we already know he joined the academy we know he got kicked out him and chewie meet up at some point i have to imagine he rescues him at some point oh i'm sure that that's gonna be Um, part of it but as far as the castle run goes i'm Really, really sure that that's what we're seeing in those uh, trailer shots. What that monster living in the Castle Run is, not a clue. Maybe that's part of the danger of the Castle Run. They said it's the most dangerous run in the galaxy, so that's in legends. probably in legends. Yeah. But there's, that seems like a really good reason not to go through the Castle Run. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe they actually showed the Castle Run in one of the Legends books. Yes. And I can't for the life of me remember anything about it. And I'm. Kind was of torn it in the Han Solo trilogy? Well, there was two different trilogies, too, because there was one by yeah, there was. Brian Daly, I think was his name, and there was one by A.C. Crispin, mm-hmm. which is the one that I read when it came out. So I'm not sure if they're going to stick to the Legends version of the Castle Run or if they're going to make it their own. That's another question, too. I think we'll get a blend. Um, sort of off-topic, but relating to what we're talking about, Leland Cheap, who's one of the... Uh, He's the keeper of the keeper holocron. Keeper of the holocron, thank you, um, for Lucasfilm, as far as the story group goes. He put out a really very cryptic and yet intriguing tweet the other day saying, you wouldn't believe some of the characters that we're mining from, can- from legends that are going to appear in canon. I'm sort of paraphrasing here, but he's basically saying, thought Thrawn was cool, um, wait till you see who we're bringing back. So, in what? Uh, it was a tweet in, into canon. From who tweeted this was Leland Chi. Chi. He's uh, right. pa- he's basically oh, Paul Odago's right hand man. Yeah. Or he was Paul Odago before. Paul was he Odago. talking about yeah. a specific? Nope, not a specific character. He's saying, and he said characters like. No, I said was he talking about a specific thing like a movie or a nope. comic? He didn't movie. say what it was because no. the, we'll we'll kind of touch on this later. But there's a lot of stuff coming out of the pipes that we don't even know about yet. I think. I think a lot. There's a couple TV series coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I saw that thing from Leland Chi as well, and. Now, my point I was trying to make earlier, uh, we need to kind of separate Harrison and, and Han, too, because how much of the character is his own thing and how much of his Harrison Ford's just way of acting. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that's I think this movie will do a lot to separate the two, because he can't, like, like I said, you, you, can't, you can't do a Harrison Ford impression, but how much of the Harrison Ford impression is Han Solo? I wouldn't have wanted them to do something like, although this was great, it wouldn't work in this movie, something like Looper. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. where he was absolutely and digitally enhanced as well. 
with as, makeup, as with makeup to literally yeah. look like a young Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. which worked yeah. in that film. It was great because they were literally playing the same person at the same time in multiple timelines. They had to make him as close exactly. as possible. Mm-hmm. And in this one, that's not necessary. No. no. You touched on it last night, Patrick. Ewan McGregor is a great example of an actor taking a previous performance and a previous character that's already been established and doing a great service to the actor that came before him without just doing a straight-up imitation of him. There's Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and there's Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan Kenobi. We have those two distinctions. Same as Michael Fassbender and uh, Ian McKellen and X-Men. Exactly. James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And with, with, uh, with Obi-Wan especially, you had... Like a even like a like a long time distance between the two versions. Exactly. Like they took. You had Alec Guinness at the end of Obi Wan's life. He'll go all the way back to when he's just, you know, a young adult, and then he can he got three movies to grow the character mm-hmm. from that younger point. So. And um, let's be honest, it's uncanny how much Ewan McGregor looks like Alec Guinness now. And just the, yeah, that performance that they, they sync up so well. They really do. Um, but yeah, Alden Ehrenreich is going to be under a lot more scrutiny because this is going to be closer, obviously a lot closer to A New Hope than A Do New Do we know hope where it is, is in reference to, to that? Timeline? Pablo's talking about today and being pretty vague. Yeah. yeah, the one thing I've heard is that the movie will take place over a roughly, I think it's a five or six year period. So you'll go from Han Solo to about 18 to Han Solo to about 24. Yeah. If, you, if you look at it in the, in the trailer... Um, the one I, I think it's the te- the, the first one the teaser for the teaser um, when he's driving the speeder with with Amelia Clark's character Kira she looks like she or they kind of did her hair like oh I'm a lot younger now right yeah um, I got that sense too I noticed in the teaser too when he's sort of doing his recruitment thing with the Empire mm-hmm. he just in terms of stature he looks a lot shorter I'm almost wondering if that's a younger actor portraying him right when he signed up for the Empire. Like a um, teenager or something. Maybe. I heard speculation, I can't remember who it was from, but I heard speculation that it might be Han seeing the Empire as sort of his only chance to get off Corelli and do something with his life. You know, he said in the opening of the trailer, I've been running scams on the streets since I was 10. Yeah. So you can't imagine that he's living the high life mm-hmm. as soon as the movie opens. Yeah. So yeah, um, I brought up Amelia Clark's character, Kira, and that's probably the the new character that we get the most screen time for in in these trailers. Uh, any any initial thoughts on her? I don't know. Uh, well, I, that's one we'll have to see. We'll yeah, because it kind of seems like the first shot you get of her in the teaser, which came out on the Sunday night, it looked like she looked like she was an officer of some type. That mm. uh, the outfit she comes out in the cape and all all that looks very like official. Wonder if maybe she ends up being someone that he knows in a younger life, and then they take two different paths, like Lost Stars. Mm. That's kind of yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting. That's the same adversary. I sort of got the impression from that first shot of her in the that official uniform, kind of Empire-ish. Maybe she's some sort of official for the Empire. Maybe she's running a scam. Maybe she's just really wealthy. Or I'm thinking maybe she's like an officer or some kind of governor on Corellia. That's entirely and possible too. Maybe she's a moth. They maybe they grew up together in Corellia, and she stayed behind, became government. And if we look at a character like Avari Chalice from Rebels, she gets explored quite heavily in the aftermath novels as far as her sort of origin. 
that's very much a case of someone coming from almost nothing and rising to the rank of moth. So, I mean, it's not unheard of in the Empire. At this point, in the comic shop, this is what we would call rampant speculation. (laughs) And uh, you'd be arrested for it. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what her character develops into. Yeah, rampant speculation is not what the fandom needs right now. No, it's really not. <laughs> I think that's what caused a lot of the problems with The Last Jedi's reception. Everyone was writing their own version in their heads for two years. Yeah, and... exactly. Just as a segue, when Amelia Clark's character, uh, sorry, you said Kira? Yeah, um, it was rumored to be that in the summer, but like spelled K-I-R-A, oh, okay. which was the working name for Ray. Oh, interesting. Um, in early drafts of Force Awakens. But now, um, they also released some character posters. Um, so there's one for Han, Lando, Chewie, yeah, and I saw for her. Today. And it's spelled Q-I apostrophe R-A. Seems about right to me. Yeah. When you get that first shot of her, she's obviously got a droid in tow, and it's a new droid that we've never seen before. I don't have the name off the top of my head. I did hear what its name was supposed to be earlier today. Is that Lee? Yeah, L-E... E.T. Intriguing design. Honestly, kind of remind me of Lebo from uh, Shadows of the Empire. I gotta say, out of all the sort of shots in the movie, or in the uh, trailer, I'm really intrigued by Lando. Yeah, because I was, I was gonna say, is that the same droid that's flying the Falcon with Lando? Yes. It is, okay. It is. I believe that's the one played by, I'm um, forgetting her entire name, uh, Phoebe, the one of the new actresses. Oh, so it's gonna be a female droid. Yeah. Um, oh, interesting. Don't I wonder worry. if they'll explain Han's hatred for droids. There's got to be there's, there's got to be some joke scene in there somewhere that does that. I'm sure there's something happened to him on. Because um... from the first scene in Star Wars, when C-3PO says hello to him, he just rolls his eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like whatever. Well, in Legends, talking. he had a uh, droid in tow for a while named Bollocks, which I don't think we'll see in canon. <laughs> but I was kind of had a laugh at that name. But apparently, he was quite a uh, K2SO esque kind of droid as far as his uh, mannerisms went, so I can see why Han probably isn't a big fan of him. It'd be interesting to see how they explain that. I think that's Kessel. Based on what I've seen from Rebels and Legends material, um, I, again, don't have a specific source because we didn't see it in Rebels, but I do believe Kessel has two sons. Okay, so the actress's name is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I think that's, yeah, I think Elite is the droid that she's playing. All motion before performance capture. I expected so, yeah. yeah. Hopefully she didn't have to wear a giant headpiece like Alan Tudyk did in one. Because that scene where they're both flying the Falcon, like they're moving in sync, like they're gesturing to each other. I, lo- the I really did sync. love that shot, I have to say. Um, just the two of them, kind of classic Lando, like, see you later yeah. kind of gesture. and then. Although I'm a little concerned for her chances of survival, because... This droid seems to be like his Lobot aide before Lobot. So. That's a good point. We didn't see Lobot. Nah. I think, <clears throat> yeah, I don't think you will either. No, it, no it, it, if he's flying the Falcon with this droid, I kind of doubt it. And if we do see Lobot, it'll be different because there is a Lando comic set around the time of New Hope um, that actually shows what happened to Lobot. Yeah, I recall reading that. I think the time period is right before. Or right after New Hope, I think. Possibly. It's before Empire, anyway. Because I, I think he at one point reads that Han was at the Battle of the, like, of the Death Star and kind of says, what the hell is he doing there? That <laughs> was actually in, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I just read it recently, that was actually in the Certain Point of View. Book. Oh, right, yeah. there's yeah, a chapter like... told from Lando's perspective. Sorry, Pat, I might give away a couple spoilers for the book here. Um, Which book? 
uh, certain point of view. Oh, God. I haven't read it. There's a whole chapter dedicated to Lando. I listened to the audiobook. I'll be honest, there's some chapters you just skip right over, but there are some gems in there for sure. The Lando chapter is great because it's literally him just sitting in a bar watching an illegal stream of the Battle of Yavin. And him the sitting there going, that's the Falcon. Skip it back. And everybody <laughs> in the bar is like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's like, just skip it back. I got to see that ship. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Lando miniseries was actually pretty great. Um, it seemed like it'd be like just another oh it's another adventure, but he ends up like stealing Palpatine's like or one of Palpatine's yachts. Yeah, and it's loaded with Sith artifacts. Really? Yeah, and Lobot is not the Lobot that we know from Empire. I won't. I don't want to give away a lot. Cause it's actually worth a. It's worth a read. Yeah, I but, think you'd uh, like it, Pat. Uh, yeah, no. So if we, if we do see Lobot in this movie at all, and I don't think we will, it will not be as familiar. I think. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary to bring too much stuff from Lando's present out that we want this is about Han yeah you know? yeah exactly I mean Lando has to be there because he's such a big piece of Han's past because well he's going to take the Falcon from Lando yeah. if you want to make a Lando movie that's please don't but it, yeah they could I'll yeah. take Donald Glover yeah I, I will too but I'm, like I said before in our other podcast stop making this universe smaller yeah agreed let's, let's, let's expand this agreed thing. let's go explore For something sure. if, he's, if he's that good you know what I mean and that remains to be seen I mean all we've seen him do is smile and stand there so far the mannerisms I mean, are down is he a great actor yes totally but all we've seen him do so far is stand there and smile so but he if he hits it out of the park like people are you know suggesting that he might then maybe or you could do another han solo movie where it's han and lando who knows yeah. we'll circle yeah. back around to the universe getting smaller thing again <laughs> yeah. well and again let's hope we don't get a han solo trilogy or anything out of this uh yeah that, that might have been in the works at one point but i don't think it is now based on a few things we're going to talk about later yeah but and also just the way that this development went yeah, I mean, it was always going to be a gamble, I think, doing a trilogy because you're butting up really close against A New Hope. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think all the, the drama might have thrown a fork in some plans there. That being said, they the potential is there for a Lando movie. Um, I was going to say, like, we, I was kind of hoping to hear him say something. I wanted to hear his Billy D or his Lando voice. The mannerisms he got down pat. Yeah. Actually, there was a, there was a picture I saw, a side-by-side comparison. Billy D and and Donald Lover and they it's immaculate like it's like perfect. Close. It looks like the same person, they a different state is in his life. Perfect, that's for sure. Yeah, and just the, just yeah, the, the angle of his smile and yeah. everything too. Yeah, and just... that was the thing. Watching that trailer, I mean, obviously I had hair standing up on the back of my neck, but that shot of Donald Glover just sitting there and smiling like Lando smiles, I smiled too. I was like, this feels <laughs> like the Star Wars I know and love. What have we here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, was, that was the scene. What have we here? I'm surprised you didn't actually say that in the trailer. That would have been yeah. That would have been interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they would have got hacked on by copying too much. Yeah. Well, and let's be honest, they don't need any more of that. than they, No, they really don't. <laughs> Some of the new characters that we don't know anything about. There seems to be a four-armed monkey of some kind. That was a, that was a cool-looking creature. I'm intrigued by that. <laughs> and... Uh, well, we know Woody Harrelson's going to be uh, Han's sort of mentor, as it were. Slash the guy who probably betrays him, I'm betting. But I can Has put to have money on that Has right to have. now. For sure. I can admit I'm not too enthused about seeing him in the movie because the description that came out like shortly after he was cast made him sound just like Hamish from The Hunger Games. Like I've seen him play that character before. Ah, this one looks... I think this one's 
because it was Lord and Miller's original kind of idea going through this, I don't see that because Hamish and Hunger Games was a very depressed, uh, maybe not depressed, but he, he seemed well, yeah, very depressed. monotone. I think he's going to have more energy in this. I don't think it's going to be like that. Well, the, the, the initial description that came out did sound a lot like Hamish, whereas the glimpse of him in this trailer, hey kid, I'm putting, I'm putting a job together. The didn't give me the same vibe. So yeah, well, hopefully it's better than what they used Benicio del Toro for in Last Jedi. Well, yeah. that, was a, oh. that, that was a ball dropper. Yeah, the less said, the better. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that really threw me off. Anyways, the impression I got from Harrelson, and again, very brief. Uh, we don't get a lot out of him. Was yeah, we could get a similar character to game or to uh, the Hunger Games, but. I think knowing Woody Harrelson, he's going to put his own unique spin on this kind of character. That's what I thought about Del Toro. <laughs> yeah, I did too, but... Hey, I'm not hacking on it. We haven't yeah. seen it yet, but... Hopefully, hopefully we'll see it's what gonna, happens. Hopefully it's not a waste. I don't think it will be. I think he's going to have a far bigger role than Del Toro did in The Last Jedi. Yeah, and other new characters. There's a quick glimpse of uh, Tan- uh, Tandy Newton's character. Like, it's just like a second shot. that's just enough to say, hey, she's in the trailer. Yeah. Um, doesn't entirely rule out the character or the possibility that she's playing uh, one character from the comics. She shows up as Sana Solo. Yeah, if it's the same character, that'd be what really that'd be really cool. But it would be interesting just in terms of the connection to the rest of the universe. But Should we just I gotta if... be honest, that whole story really fell flat for me. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because really that'd be a cool canon connection, like to bring. Uh, she showed up in the comics and yada yada. And now she's in the movie, too. And they can actually see her working with Han at one point. Yeah, I mean, it's not unprecedented. They did it with Saw Gerrera in Rogue One. Yeah. He originally appeared in Clone Wars, so... Yeah, I'm hoping she does something kind of interesting, because it'd be good to see, like, a woman of color actually do something, not just be the voice for Maz Kanata. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they, they took a lot of flack for that, you know, having this great actress, and she just does motion capture. and That opening shot where he's in that street race or chase... Because it does look like the cops are after him. Um, I kind of got the sense that that might be him on Corellia in the early days. I think it was the same as that snow planet. That's what it looked like to me. Could be. But that could be Corellia. Yeah. Either way, I'm intrigued to finally see Corellia. <laughs> yeah, I want Canada. to as well. Um, it's been mentioned since literally A New Hope. Yeah. And we've never seen it. There was a trilogy set like on him going back to Corellia. It was one of the first Legends books that I read. Ever and uh, I don't remember anything about it. So, so again, like you don't know if they're gonna keep the legends kind of vibe going, or just do something altogether different. Yeah, I think they're gonna. Do, it's gonna be a bit of both, I think. Yeah, Phoebe Waller-Bridge plays a female droid named Leet. Uh, okay, Tandy Newton plays a character named Val. Yeah. So maybe Corelli is this, is the snowy planet we keep seeing because you know a lot of the early shots of him are all bundled up. That's possible. That's possible because well, that's where they build a lot of the starships. Curly shipyards is that was talked about through the role playing game. Yeah, Yeah. that was big in the role playing game, and the role playing game is there's a lot that's been canonized from the role playing game. Yeah, I think it's about yeah without diving into too heavy spoiler territory. And I'm trying to look at things closely, but not too closely this time. I mean, that was served me well for Last Jedi, like you know, pit like staring deeply into the trailers but also not 
trying to make too many connections and getting yeah. hopes up on them. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something that people need to practice more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You got to manage your expectations, especially with a movie that had a tough development. Absolutely. Well, Rogue One did, and it turned out fine. Yeah. Um, I think what we could do with this podcast is, because there's some new news that we need to talk about as well, we could cut this podcast into two. We've talked about the Han Solo trailer, which was the biggest news over the weekend, and we had some more news over the last day or so last that, about that, yeah, <laughs> that we need to talk about as well. Before we get into that... Yeah, before we move on to the breaking news, uh, let's take a break for a tune from the Cantina Band and a word from our sponsor. The Quarter Portion Podcast is sponsored by Heroes, Southwestern Ontario's largest comic book and collectible store. Located in the heart of downtown London at 186 Dundas Street, Hero specializes in new and vintage comics, along with action figures, statues, and collectibles of all types. Whether you're looking for Star Wars comics and toys, or the latest graphic novels, manga, and trade paperbacks, Heroes has something for fans of all stripes. For more information, please visit heroescomics.ca. And we are back. So yeah, we were originally planning to just do a reaction video about the trailers, but uh, luckily we got some news just in time. <laughs> uh, big surprise announcement today. Um, we are getting another trilogy of Star Wars films at some point. Um, this will be directed by Weiss and Benioff, the showrunners of Game of Thrones. So we're not just getting... First of all, where the hell did this come from? Okay, well, first of all, let me read the surprise of the press release here, because you, you haven't really had a chance to... I haven't seen anything it, so. on it. So, from the press release, uh, it was announced today that Benioff and Weiss, creators of the smash hit Emmy award-winning television series Game of Thrones, will write and produce a new series of Star Wars films. These new films will be separate from both the episodic Skywalker saga and the recently announced trilogy being developed by Ryan Johnson, writer-director of Star Wars The Last Jedi. No release dates have been set for the new films. Uh, there's a quote from Kennedy saying, David and Dan are some of the best storytellers working today. Their command of complex characters, depth of story, and richness of mythology will break new ground and boldly push Star Wars in ways I find incredibly exciting. Um, and there's also a quote from Bob Iger. I guess he was on an investor conference call, one of his fucking famous conference calls. Uh, their interest was in creating a series of films that are Star Wars-based, and we've actually been talking to them for a long time. To my knowledge, they didn't express interest in creating a series, like a television series or a streaming service series, but they have an idea about a number of films, and I'm sure at some later date we'll disclose to all of you just what they are. They're focused on a point in time and the Star Wars mythology and taking it from there. And I guess in the same call, he also kind of alluded to the fact that there might be more than one Star Wars show being developed for right. the streaming service. I'm not interested in the streaming service yet, uh, just because it's going to be on Disney. That's the only thing that... I mean, <laughs> just... To, Mildly off topic, if Disney wants to keep, if Disney wants to do something dark in a series, it's got to stay on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It has to. I mean, or you can, HBO. You, you, yeah, mm. I can't. I, get, I can't see it going to HBO, but I can see it because they already have an in with Netflix with all the Marvel properties and the Star Wars movies that are already on there. Yeah, and I mean, do you try. Do you think they put Punisher on on? The Disney Channel, not uh, a chance. They did clarify that I think the Marvel shows that are already there on Netflix will still be on Netflix. I hope so because uh, I'd hate to see that that Punisher take a downturn because that's one of the best television series I've ever seen. I think one thing we have to keep in mind from this, as excited as I am that the Game of Thrones 
essentially runners are taking over a Star Wars franchise. I don't think that immediately means we're going to get a Game of Thrones-esque story. We're not suddenly going to get a rated R Star Wars tomorrow. No, but that's not happening. The but they violence, didn't pick it for no reason. The violence, the over-18 content in Game of Thrones, that's just sort of a part of that series. doesn't detract from the fact that Benioff and Weiss did a fantastic job translating that world onto the big screen, or small screen in this case. Well, they, they, they're even more mild than the books. Exactly. So as far as what they're going to do with the galaxy far, far away, really excited about it. Yeah, and like it's it's part of it's it's important to note too that a lot of the stuff that they're now known for, like the sex and the violence of Game of Thrones, that's come from the books. It's that's from, from the, the source material. It's not even from them necessarily. Um, like Iger said, or it's like Kathleen Kennedy said in that release, though it's their ability to take complex characters and interweave them into a concise story. I think and the depth of the mythology, yeah, I think, exactly. is the key we're looking for here. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, now, because this is a new movie being announced, or a new set of movies being announced, we're obligated to mention, <laughs> as old as old Legends fans, hey, they could do Old Republic. But that doesn't mean that they are. No, or it that doesn't. They should, doesn't mean they're not, either. Doesn't mean they're that, not. It just doesn't mean they're not, but that quote from Bob Iger about them focusing on a very specific period of the mythology and building on that gives me pretty significant hope that uh, they might be focusing on the Old Republic. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ryan Johnson's got his own trilogy, too, and it's going to take place in probably its own time period as well. I don't think anything is going to take place in the future. You don't want no. to touch that. You don't no. want to go any any far beyond and where any, any episode is yet. No. If you do that, then all you're doing is handcuffing everything that's going to be exactly. afterwards. So no matter what it is, uh, Ryan Johnson's new trilogy or D&D's new trilogy... It's going to be in the past. If there, that's not. I mean, if if the reason I say it has to be in the past, if these were standalones they were doing, I could say it could be something between Empire and Jedi, or it could be something between here and there. But because they're trilogies, we're talking about yeah, these even, movies are going to take place. Maybe not Old Republic, Old Old Republic, but technically prequels are Old Republic. Mm, technically, well, um, wherever they take place, it's going to be before Episode One. Yeah, and it's most of our conversation here is going to be steered by legends, and legends only dare to go into the future once with a dark horse comic line, and that was towards the end of that whole project. I, I, I didn't read that comic, but that just seemed like a bad idea. Well, the other thing we need to keep in mind is at no point have they said trilogy either. They've said series of films, so we should yeah, I, potentially I, 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 get. I more think it did say trilogy. Did it? Because yeah. I heard series. So but, can you see them doing two? No, exactly. You know what I mean? Like in a Star Wars I guess film? Like if you're going to do more than one, it's no, yeah, got to be yeah, three. You're right. It did say produce a new series of Star Wars films. And it's interesting that they said they don't want to go the TV route anymore. Probably because they've realized the constrictions of it mm-hmm. with what the with the story they want to They're tell. probably tired of it, too. Oh, I'm sure. Making a 10-episode television series is going to take a lot longer than filming a two-hour movie. Yeah, well, exactly. I was reading a quote from Kit Harrington too, talking about you know, filming... This new, the new season and this is going to be, be exhausting for everybody involved in oh, yeah. Game of Thrones yeah we, we could do a whole podcast about Game of Thrones itself yeah we could <laughs> even the series is over we will probably about the Cabra Club podcast line I think overall though our reactions in general are very positive towards this yeah like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say <laughs> right now it's the best thing ever but I trust them to do a good job with it but 
It excites me. I'm, I'm interested. If you're going to give Star Wars to one group of writers right now, I'm pretty excited that it's the Game of Thrones guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they like we're all big fans of the Game of Thrones books. I think they did a really good job of adapting the material. And once the material dried up, I think they did an adequate job of keeping the momentum going. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, it's not perfect. I don't think anyone can say it's perfect. Not it's definitely perfect. pacing issues. Like they went from being glacially slow in the in the the book seasons, we'll call them, to just kicking it to top gear in the last season. Yeah, um, which had its ups and downs to the point where you can critique the timelines in certain episodes the same way we can critique them in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, um, for the sake of storytelling, sometimes you have to suspend your belief. It's the same thing that I, I approached the Lord of the Rings movies with. Peter Jackson did a great job of adapting them for that format. Yeah. Um, obviously, they weren't perfect from the book's perspective, but they were serviceable for people who had read the books and people who hadn't read them. You know, that generic popcorn audience, too. Yeah, there was something there for everybody. Then he forgot how to do it then when he made the Hobbit films, but now we're, yeah, di- well, and now we're digressing from our digression. We won't talk about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I actually went on, on Twitter to see some of the reactions about it because I figured... Obviously, we're pretty excited about this. I figured, you know, most people will be as well. First thing I saw was probably the same people who were bitching about Last Jedi going, oh, they ruined Game of Thrones. Now they're going to ruin Star Wars. My Star Wars. One thing I wasn't considering, because, again, you know, we are three white males. One thing that kind of slipped my notice when we first heard about this was, oh, yeah, this is, again, them appointing more male white directors when they know there is a strong call for, you know, female directors to step up to the Star Wars plate. And I thought that was a unique angle that I hadn't thought of because there's a big push for diversity in the cast and the stories and stuff, but yet they still put the same type of people at the helm. I understand kind of where that's coming from, but at the same time, I want the I want the best people that are working right now. And, uh, yeah. and I'm not saying that there aren't female directors out there that could handle a Star Wars movie and make a great Star Wars movie. I'm sure there are. I'd love to see Patty Jenkins get a I'm sure that there will be. For sure. I'm sure there will be. Uh, and I don't want to see her just get a young Leia movie either. I'd like to see her do something else. But having said that, D&D, like Weiss and Benioff, or like David, it's, it's David, it's David, David Weiss, Weiss and D.B. And D.B. That's D.B. Weiss and David Sorry, Benioff yes. or something like that. Those two guys are two of the best producers working in the mm-hmm. world right now. Yeah, sorry, they're they're not women. I understand that, and we are going for diversity. But if you have the opportunity to lock these guys up for a series of films, you take it. Yeah. It's nothing against. There's nothing sexist about that. Um, I'm all for the diversity. And if you look at the new movies that have come out, they're diverse. They're diverse. Yeah, I mean, the first two films that we got out of the new Star Wars universe had female leads. Okay, yes, we have not had a female director yet. I'm sure it's going to come. So I, I totally understand the argument, but I, that doesn't detract from me being incredibly excited about these films. Patty Jenkins, I think, is tied up with Wonder Woman and DC stuff for the coming future. Yeah. If they're smart, they'll lock her in for more than just Wonder Woman. Right. Iger said himself, um, he goes, this is going to, we're going to be making these movies for at least the next 20 years. You are going to see female directors. I I look forward to it. And for that matter, Ryan Coogler is going to be um, a hot commodity for Marvel in the next or after the next two weeks when Black Panther comes out. But he'll be a lot, yeah, I imagine Marvel's going to be holding on tight to him. Yeah, him a big driving force. And if he's in Marvel, you're not that far away from Star Wars. As far as diversity and creative talent goes, this is a criticism that Marvel's been getting for the last few years. You know, you haven't had a movie with a female lead yet. Mm -hmm. You haven't had a female director on. 
Um, we've got Captain Marvel coming in, I think, 2019. Even with that, like, you'd think people would be pretty positive about a female lead coming out in the Marvel Universe. Everybody's like, well, where's Black Widow's movie? Why isn't Black Widow have well, a movie? It's, coming it's like, you can't have it all at once. Star Wars is the same thing. Everybody was like, where's this? Why didn't this happen? When's this going to happen? What happened in between the 30 years? Between yeah, I'd like to take like, any one of these guys and slow stick down. in a director's chair and say, here, here you go. Yeah. How easy exactly. is that? Exactly. Well, my other <laughs> question too is... And the goes out there with his laser sword and kills everybody. Well, and my other question <laughs> is like, do you want all these answers right now? Or would you like to wait and get those answers over the next five, six years? Mm -hmm. Done properly. In two years, if you're looking at Star Wars going, well, that's a dead franchise. They've done everything they can possibly do and they cranked it out every two months. That's going to burn out really quickly. They've got a long-term plan for this universe. And I think it's a pretty solid plan. It kind of stinks from this perspective not to be going for the diversity hires. But at the same time, I think it's also a bigger thing from Hollywood in general, too. Like... I'm ashamed to admit that I can't name that many female directors that are working in this genre. That's like a set of Patty Jenkins and Ava DuVernay. And uh, Peyton Reed is the other one that's being... Lexi Alexander. That's like literally all I can think of right now. Yeah, I and mean, that's that's on me and that's on Hollywood, I think, that we don't know more people to name in this conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm not proud that I can't admit that or, or that I can't name more people for that. But, uh, you know, it, these reality. things take time, too. and It is. There's not many there because of the, it's been a male-dominated industry exactly. for so long. Yeah. It's going to take time for there to become more. Uh, well, the, one of the reasons I'm really excited for Black Panther is because it's it's a fully African-American production. Like, the directors, most of it, like, 99% of the cast, aside of uh, Eddie Serkis and uh, Martin Freeman. Um, outside of them, it's an entirely, like, you've got the best African-American actors just packed into this movie. Absolutely. It's going to be fantastic for that alone on top of, like, it's got like 100, like, it, it's uh, Rotten Tomatoes score came out today for the critics and it was like 100%. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah, something ridiculously high. So Star Wars is going to get that moment soon, I think, too. Yeah, obviously, they can't do quite the same thing. A lot of people forget that the uh, president of Lucasfilm is Captain a woman. Kennedy, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, this isn't... Uh, this is, there's no uh, there's no conspiracy here, which is, which is a point for and a point against yeah. the hire too. Because like, well, why are you hiring more female directors? You you know you know how it is in this industry. Yeah. She, like, sure, well, that's exactly it. She knows how it is in the industry. She's going with the people that she knows are gonna do good things with this universe. I'm sure a female director is gonna come along in the next six months to two years that. Kennedy's going to be like, okay, we need to get her on board. I think it's, they're already there. I think they're already, oh, like, sure like they're already scanning I think they're already there. I think it's yeah. just a matter of, I think in the next six months to a year, you'll find one that's signed a deal. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know it's I mean? the case of finding someone who's available. Exactly. One last thing with the, with the announcement of this, too. They were very specific in that there's no dates set for this. Beyond Episode Nine, we know of seven different movies. Um, beyond Episode Nine, we know of seven movies that are being developed as we speak. At least, I'm, I'm assuming that Benioff and Weiss are getting a trilogy. Yeah, they're saying I series. I'm just gonna go with trilogy because that's how I Star can't Wars see it being two, two or four. And it's yeah. not gonna happen. It's not gonna be five or six. It's, yeah. it's gonna be a trilogy probably. So we know of let's say seven movies that are being developed right now. Yeah. We know dates for none of them. We don't know the time frame for any of them. We can assume if they're sticking to um, one a year, and if you're going by the order that they were announced, so you get episode nine in 2019, Kenobi in 2020, uh, Johnson's first in 2021. Benioff and Weiss number one in 2022 and then alternating. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming like they that's would have the to most likely thing. That would be the best thing for production, you know. Yeah, yeah. So take the focus off of you and give you time to make your movie. Then when you can come when you're 
the process of putting your movie out, take the focus off the other one. As long as they can make this formula work with Han Solo, where it's like, let's call it saga movie and then standalone story. In between. Saga movies are going to be over really soon. No, it's true, but I'm yeah. saying without confusing the general viewing populace who maybe came into Rogue One going, well, what's going on here? I think it'll what be easier to this? do from this perspective, though, because you I don't already right. have all this this back material. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, totally. But without all that back material, without having to confuse the prequels and episode and mm-hmm. the original trilogy and then the new ones with these standalones, we're going to be used to it by then. You know, yeah. It'll be actually introduced, a new series. You know what I mean? And again, I think they're looking at Marvel and going, okay, they've taken all these different properties and formulas and feels and tones for movies and made it all work in one coherent universe. So Even in their, like, when you take things like Daredevil and Punisher and exactly. things like that, they're all technically standalone exactly. stories as opposed mm-hmm. to the Avengers But it all series. falls under that umbrella yeah. very neatly. Strange moves on their part to, like, this is one area where Lucasfilm is not taking notes from Marvel. Marvel's like, we're doing, this is our phase one, phase two, phase three. This year you're getting this movie, this movie, this movie. Star Wars is like, yeah, we're, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to do Kenobi. I think it's... Oh, we're going to do a, just like a separate trilogy from Ryan Johnson. Oh, now we're doing this other series of movies. I well, see where you're coming from. I think it's more a case of maybe they don't know their full plans yet. That's what and I'm I saying. don't think yeah, they yeah, want to yeah, jump yeah. the gun. Because Marvel, as good a track record as they have, they stumbled pretty hard with Inhumans. They well, announced yeah. Inhumans almost five years ago, and it was supposed to be one of the tent poles of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it ended up being a incredibly cheesy Netflix series that looked, honestly, like the Nick Fury movie with Hasselhoff 20 years ago looked better than this series. That was their first misstep, yeah, after it was 10 bad, years. And it was a yeah, but at least it was just television. Yeah. Yes, but I think that's because they realized that, okay, we're not going to be able to make a movie out of this. Let's move it to television. And, and then they, just, they barely put a TV series oh, it it. was. I don't know if you've seen anything of it, Patrick. Yeah, I've it's, heard enough where I'm not going to watch it. It's painful. Yeah, I, They also shot themselves in the foot by putting the premiere in IMAX. It was not worth an IMAX no. release. And then the reviews Especially for it something were bad. Especially something that wasn't and, shot on IMAX. Yeah, and the, 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 then the reviews for it were bad because it wasn't a good IMAX premiere. And that just shot the whole series in the foot. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't a terrible show per se, but it wasn't great either. It wasn't. Remember everything I've heard about it. I don't bad. think that, like, as far as Feige and the real brain trust behind Marvel, I don't think that this was ever their go-to. No, I, I think, think it was more of like, yeah, sure, go ahead, make your show. If it's good, it'll work. No, if that sucks, see you later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't now, think that, now that now that now that now that they're gonna have um, the X Men almost certainly down the line. That's what the Inhumans felt like to me. So you're going to try and drag X-Men back into the MCU and well, not that's call them the X-Men? Inhuman, that's that essentially what the Inhumans that's are. That's my point. Yeah, like the Inhumans are just... just felt like a cheesy way to try to bring mutants back into the MCU. They're literally in, to, in a Marvel in-universe rip-off of the X-Men. It's yeah. kind yeah. of ironic. Kind of better in a way, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. That's why I'm assuming that we're going to get release schedule that I have, because why would you announce this trilogy two months after announcing Ryan Johnson's trilogy if you're not going to alternate them? Or maybe they're going to up production to more than one movie a year, which I'm still against. I don't think that it's a bad thing once in a while. I don't want to see two movies every year. But yeah. I could stand to see two movies and then one movie a year for a couple of years and then two movies and then one movie a year. I don't think two a year is necessarily a bad thing. I just don't want to see two every year. I think Marvel realized because up to a couple of years ago they were pumping out generally about two movies a year. They still are. They still are Three. for the most yeah. part. But 
I don't know whether it's their marketing or the way they're really separating the movies in terms of the feel of them. It feels like there's a good bridge of time between each movie. Like, Thor Ragnarok came out, everybody got to enjoy it. Now we're getting hyped up for Avengers. Um, Black Panther. Black Panther. Black Panther's coming out. That's going to be something to really carry it over. Yeah. But again, that's a good example of Marvel building on their universe with every single movie. Like that works for Marvel. I don't know that it works for Star Wars because it's going to take away like a lot of the the gravitas for each movie. Yeah. Like just look yeah. again, again back to Solo. Last Jedi came out like sixty like sixty days ago. Yeah. And we're already on a Solo. Yeah. Between the let's call it bungled production schedule of Solo. And the spot that they've got it in, which is frankly stupid, because they're putting themselves up against the biggest movie of the year that is also being published by the same company. Yeah, I think that's yeah, why they don't care, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, so if the you know it was either this movie's going to make this much and this will only make this much, it's going to happen anyway. I don't think they were expecting one of the reasons they were okay with that time slot. They weren't expecting Solo to do anything like The Force Awakens or no. even Rogue One or even The Last Jedi. I don't think it will. Well, the, going up against Infinity War in the, in the same theaters, it's not going to happen. Well, I said that to Brendan last night. The movie that I'm still looking forward to most this year is Infinity War. More than Solo. You can call it now. I mean, well, actually, Black Panther's uh, pre-sales are, like, tracking huge. So, like, that'll be a tough contender, too. Like, it's probably the, probably the number two movie of the year. Yeah. It's funny. I'm almost hesitant to call it the underdog. But I could see that coming out as, like, that was the best movie of the year. Like I feel like the like the ten year lead up to Infinity War is going to push it over. Yeah, Black Panther's gonna give it a run for its money, literally. But yeah, like you're you're putting yourself up against what you know is going to be the biggest movie of the year. And you're also producing it, but you won't move it to December because you have the Mary Poppins sequel coming out the same in, in December. Wouldn't you rather put Solo against Mary Poppins? Because those are two very different audiences. Yeah, it would make sense because you think they make more money that way. They, they, they should have postponed it as soon as, the, as soon as the movie was delayed. Yeah. Or as soon as the movie was changed hands. Well, anyways, I think that's pretty exciting potential controversy aside. I think uh, something else to look forward to. Well, let's keep New the internet speculation to a minimum as much as we can. I think overall we're very excited about everything we've got in the last few days from trailers to announcements. I've got a lot of hope for the future of Star Wars. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm in a pretty good headspace with what Disney's doing right now. I'm not rattled by The Last Jedi. I'm looking forward to it. And now Ryan Johnson's got a trilogy coming. Two I big trilogies expanding mythology. Certainly the next six movies are in good hands. Like you were saying, or like we've said so many times in the show, like the, they keep making the universe smaller. Well, they these, just made it a lot bigger with these, these two announcements. These two things will blow it open again. Yeah. So Hopefully it does. And then we can go, hopefully... You know, we can go six, seven, eight, maybe even ten years between episode eight, or sorry, between episode nine and episode ten. You know ten's going to happen. Eventually, it, it, yeah. it will happen. Yeah. But now they have some cushion. Now they can wait a good, I'd love to see them wait a good ten years before they put out episode ten. At least, yeah, they should. Yeah. They really should. And I certainly don't want to see them finish this trilogy and then three, four years later go on to episode ten. No. no. Give it at least a decade. And well, again, if you're go, if you're doing one movie a year, like I said, you probably got seven movies in the line right now. You got at least five, because there's Kenobi, the Three Johnsons, and at least one Weiss and Benioff yeah. written one, probably a trilogy. So you've got anywhere from five to seven years of yearly Star Wars movies, just based on what we know already. 
on top of whatever they do with you know the streaming service. It's exciting. So, we know Filoni's got something new coming down the pipe. We don't know what it is yet. But well, and Leyland Cheese tweet I mean, they mentioned earlier it gives me suspicion that there's going to be more than one show coming once Rebels is done. I, I think I think once Rebels is in the bag and we've had the dust settle on that. Like Comic Con, we'll probably get some announcements. I'm betting. Hopefully, we get. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see us get an animated and a live action. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, one of each. Does anyone know when Celebration is this year? Uh, they're not doing one. It's not. What? Yeah, it's probably yearly. Yeah, I know. That's too bad because I, I feel like it would be huge this year. It's the Disney one. Oh, Disney. D twenty three. Yeah, they have that every yeah. year, don't they? Not? Is it uh, the opposite year though? I don't. I don't know. Let's be honest. They've got something lined up for Comic Con. They always do. Well, I mean, they'd be if, stupid not to if they're not doing D twenty three or or celebration. They have to do something then. If I remember correctly, they didn't do much at D twenty three this year because they had celebration going on. Yeah, I think that was the behind the scenes uh, screen for um, Last Jedi. Oh, was it? I think that, I think that's okay. what they showed. Which yeah, was a cool. Was. Which was a cool reel. Oh, no right? doubt. Yeah, it definitely was. Well, I think that's all for today. Uh, I'd like to thank Brandon for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure as always, and uh, looking forward to the next episode. Um, speaking of the next episode, uh, we are coming up on a year of the Quarter Portion Podcast, um, and we'll soon be recording a special episode with a new special guest. Yeah, Chris Morgan, uh, a good friend of mine that I've known since high school, is going to be on the show. He's written an editorial that is on our website. If you go to kyberclub.com, click on Holocron, there is an article written by Chris on there. Um, regarding, I think it was regarding The Force Awakens and uh, the new the new universe as we we're getting it in Star Wars. It's a really well-written piece. Go on and check it out. Give it a read. Leave a comment. Tell us what you think about it. Chris is going to be on the show as our one-year anniversary guest. Yeah, and he's working on a follow-up uh, regarding Last Jedi, too. So he is. He is. We'll, we'll be talking about The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Star Wars mythology in general. So Hopefully he'll be able to have that ready for us to put up when we air the episode with him um, I'll be in contact with him sometime yeah. this week to confirm everything for the recording either way it's going to be a good chat I think so yeah, yeah he's got that. a good mind for Star Wars this is the guy back in the day that he had the Ewok song memorized <laughs> like, this is how much he knew Star Wars you want to talk about Star Wars trivia this guy it, the, as far as the older stuff he wasn't so much not so much Legends but the original trilogy he really really knows this stuff he'll uh, be a good guest I mean he, he knew the words but could he play it on a red ball jet Probably not a red ball jet, but I guarantee you can play on a guitar. He's quite a, he's quite a good musician. Impressive. <laughs> Most impressive. Alright, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please like it and tell a friend. Or better yet, leave us a review on iTunes. If you got a question or comment on, on today's episode or anything else in the Star Wars universe, tell that to Kyber Club. And by that I mean drop us a line on Twitter at Kyber Club. K-Y-B-E-R Club. Or on Facebook at the Quarter Abortion Podcast official page. Your opinions and questions are worth 60 portions to us. Ask a question, we'll gladly answer it on the show. Check out www.kyberclub.com for all our contact information as well as our blog. You can find me on Twitter at Django Fletch. And I'm on Twitter at Hoogafee. Stay tuned to our Twitter channels because we both have some upcoming podcasts coming up as well. So stay tuned for details on those. Maybe one with the Force. And may the Force be with you.